March 1st, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Nunhe Amud Aleph. And before the, wide, the lines get wide, two, wor- two lines up, the last word on the line is Ba'u. You see that? Before the lines get wide, two lines up, Ba'u. Ba'u mineh Rav Sheshat. The following question was asked of Rav Sheshat. Oved kochavim haba'al habehema mahu. In a circumstance, lo aleinu, where not a Jew, but a non-Jew has relations, has, uh, commits bestiality with an animal. In that circumstance, what's the halakha with regards to the animal? Certainly the non-Jew will be put to death. But what about the animal? We learned in the Mishnah, based on Pasuk in the Torah, that if a Jew, if a Yisrael does it with an animal, the animal gets put to death. Our Mishnah seemed to portray to us two separate reasons. Number one, the Mishnah seemed to tell us it's because of takala, the animal now is a was and will be this stumbling block for sin. Takala, litkol means to trip over something. And secondly, the Mishnah said, davaraher were the words of the Mishnah, this animal will be walking through the marketplace and everyone will point at it and say, this is the animal with which uh, that person uh, fell prey, which means to say it's not only a stumbling block, it's kalon, it's embarrassing. Nathan asked, and the Gemara will get onto this in a moment. What? That's an important question. Hang on a sec. I'm just telling you the Mishnah right now. Indeed. Uh, Nathan asks, so what two reasons? If it's only one reason, if we're about to discuss that, so we'll have to keep that in mind. But the Mishnah does mention two reasons. Now, Charlie says, if it's a non-Jew, so are we really nervous about kalon? In other words, for takala, to say that it's a stumbling block for sin, oh, we saw past errors that were committed with this. Well, if that's the reason, if that's the primary and core reason, we will put this animal to death. If it's because of kalon, because of that shame and embarrassing facet, there would not be a reason to put to, a substantial reason to put to death. The Gemara will say that explicitly. The Gemara doesn't explain why. Why are we not nervous about their shame as well? One of two reasons. Either Rashi Ra. So this is the way of the non-Jews, and as a result, they don't have that shame. That might be dealing with a specific society and time. It might be dealing with some sort of existential reality that the Gemara is relaying to us. Regardless, that's one approach. This is their way. They're not embarrassed by it. Alternatively, and perhaps a little bit more settling for us in today's day and age, for some of us in today, uh, today's day and age, it's that it's not our responsibility. In other words, we're dealing with the Betin Shel Yisrael. Even if there will be kalon, an embarrassing, shameful state for the non-Jew, that's not our responsibility. It is our responsibility to put to death the non-Jew for his wrong act, that there's going to be a shame above and beyond for that non-Jew and for his family, that's not our responsibility, and Kalon, therefore, would not be addressed or would, would not be a reality for us with regards to the animal. But that's the question. Says the Gemara, in this circumstance, takala kalon ba'inan, on the one hand, do you need both takala, that the animal is a standing uh, reality of uh, wrongfulness with regards to A, it might lead to that again, or it was a stumbling block, that you do have. Or do you need as well kalon that the animal is a shameful reality for, 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 the, for eternity? And over here, kalon leka, leka means there's not. Do you need both? Or Dilma, or perhaps you don't need both. Takala, Afapisha and Kalon. Although our Mishnah mentions both, we'll have to figure out why. Maybe it's Lirav Hadimilta. For some reason, the Mishnah just threw in a separate and second reason of Kalon. But fundamentally, all it needs to be is Takala. And ultimately speaking, if this animal had that sin together with the non Jew, it is Takala. It's Takala for the Jews in the future. It's Takala for the non Jews in the future. Our responsibility as Beit Din is to take care of and eradicate any of those Takalot. 
That's the suffix of the Gemara to Rav Sheshat. If a behemah and a non-Jew have this sin, do you kill the animal? Our Mishnah, the Torah tells us if a Jew does so. Amar Rav Sheshat Tenitua says, Rav Sheshat, I can derive this from a Beraita. The Beraita, as we mentioned yesterday, is referring to the Ase Ashera. Ase Ashera are trees which were worshipped for Avodah Zarah. The Halakha is, the Torah tells us in Sefer Devarim, Va'asherehem Tisrifu Ba'esh. You have to destroy those trees. Wait a second, that tree, what, what's the reality with those trees? Uh, do those trees have uh, any shame attached to them? Nobody had relations with the tree. The tree was worshipped for Avodah Zarah. And nonetheless, the command of the Torah is to destroy the tree. It seems clear, and we'll see it explicitly in the words of the Beraita, that the purpose, the reason for destruction is because it's takala. If people fell prey to sin of Avodah Zarah with that tree in the past, although there's no shame attached to it, there was no bestiality, there were no relations that are perpetuated through this tree in terms of seeing it and understanding it. Nonetheless, you're destroying it. It seems clear that the fundamental, the primary cause and reason for destroying this is takala and chalas. In turn, when I'm dealing with the non-Jew who had relations with, the animal, what's the halakha going to be? I kill the animal. There's takala. It's no different than someone who worshiped the tree. Do you understand? Says the Gemara Tenitua. Says Rav Sheshat, I have a beraita. The beraita says, Ma'ilanot, Shenochlin, Ve'en Shotin, Ve'en Merechin. When it comes to trees, they're inanimate. Uh, they don't eat, they don't drink, they don't, well, I don't know if they don't breathe. They, they don't breathe in the way that uh, animals and human beings breathe. They breathe in different ways, right? That's what he means over here. Amera Torah, ve Nonetheless, the Torah says, absolutely eradicate trees of Avodah Zarah. Because through those trees, there's now a takala, there's now that stumbling block. The specifics of this beraitah is, and you should know all the more so if there's a person who brings another to Avodah Zarah, he'll be put to death. That's what we call Chotel Mahati, Mesit, Madiah. But when it comes down to it, for our purposes, Rav Sheshat cites this as a proof for the question that was asked to him. The question was, if the non-Jew commits bestiality over here, do you put the animal to death? Well, there's no kalon. So what if there's no kalon? He says, by trees, there's no kalon either. By trees, all there is is takala, and you're nonetheless destroying it. So too, this animal should be destroyed if the non-Jew commits bestiality with it. With it. That's the suggestion of Rav Sheshat. Yes, ma'am. What are we worried? The, the, man, the man, the non-Jew, committed the act. So who said the animal? Who said the animal is a stumbling block for, for Jews as well? Maybe it's a stumbling block for other non-Jews. I, I, you know, what do you want me to tell you? The point is... That's, that's what we're working with over here with regards to Kalon. That's what Rashi says. They have this tendency of sorts, which is clear from the Torah. That's what we're looking to move Am Yisrael away from. But what I'm telling you is the fact that you, you might be right and might be that the Jews are not going to be attracted, quote unquote, I certainly hope not to this animal. But ultimately speaking, the fact that for some reason some guy committed it, we have a fear that there's something here with this animal. There's some sort of, I don't know is the right word, fetish. There's something attached to this animal. And as a result, we want to eradicate it for that reason, whether it's for Jews or non-Jews in the future. But that's takala, even though there's no kalon. Kalon is for the person, right? Not for that. Kalon is for the person. 
Correct. The animal, we're not nervous about the embarrassment. We don't, you know, it's for the person in the future. And that's why when it comes to the non-Jew, for one of two reasons, we either, we don't care. It's just not our responsibility. Not that we want to shame non-Jews. It's not our responsibility to make certain that there are no shameful uh, realities for them. Or alternatively, it's not kalon for them. Uh, the person isn't embarrassed by it. So about Wait a second. We're going to challenge this. Me'ata from here. What about the following? Ovet kochavim hamishtahave lebehem. Circumstance where a non-Jew uh, worships, not sleeps with, but worships his animal. Titsar umiktela. Perhaps in this circumstance we should say the animal <coughs> is asur and in turn gets killed. What do you mean it gets killed? Why should it get killed? Avodah Just like the trees, just like this circumstance, avodah anything attached to it, we'll call it takala. There might not be kalon, all right, he bowed to the animal. Maybe there's not kalon, there's not embarrassment. But ultimately speaking, it's takala. It was worshipped. And for whatever reason, it's a stumbling block. We should, uh, so maybe the answer is yes. Says the Gemara, it's not so. We know it's not so. Rashi fills in the blank over here. The Gemara in Masechet Temura and Dafkaftet understands that it's not so. The Gemara over there is Doresh, that the Pasuk says, by Yisrael, you have to bring an animal, min ha that makes a derashan, min ha needs to be from animals which were quote-unquote unblemished even spiritually. In other words, they weren't worshipped. So as the Gemara, well, if you understand over there, Masechet Temura, if you're telling me that you can't worship it legavoa, it means that it could be alive. And as I'm telling you, you can't bring it as a korban. Not because it's supposed to be dead. Clearly, it's not dead. Clearly, an animal, not which was slept with, but was rather worshipped, you're not killing. But according to what you just set forth for me, Rav Sheshat, you just told me that a takala is sufficient, just like the trees that, that were worshipped to kill it, to destroy it. So then how come we're not destroying it? If a non-Jew worships that animal, now you're going to tell me, and this will be a good claim, that that Gemara and Masechet Temura, that Pasuk from which we're deriving this law, that's talking about Yisrael. If a Yisrael is Oved, Avodah through this animal, in that circumstance, you're not killing the animal. All right, that's a pasuk in the Torah. But what about the non-Jew? The non-Jew, you're going to tell me you do kill the animal? Says the Gemara, it's, it's preposterous. Are you going to tell me we're going to have more humrot for non-Jews than for Jews? Because what's going to emerge over here is that the non-Jew who worships this animal, we destroy, we kill the animal. Whereas a Yisrael who worships the animal, you don't kill the animal. Rather, it must be that under all circumstances, perhaps we either don't kill the animal but well, we have proof that you would from, from the destroying of the trees. Well, but confused over here. Says the Gemara, Mi'ika, is it possible? Mide, is there a matter? Are there things? Dili Yisrael la'asar. It's not forbidden. It's not destroyed for Yisrael. asar. And for non-Jews, it would be. Answers the Gemara, Yisrael gufe litzar, mide dahava arevi'ah. Answers the Gemara, perhaps the suggestion therefore should be contrary to what we learned in Masechet Temura, contrary to everything we've been working with until now, maybe you actually kill the animal of the Israel. What do you mean you kill the animal of Israel? It means to say that both by a non-Jew and by a Jew, we're stretching it over here, if the person worshipped the animal, the animal gets put to death. Why are you putting it to death? Takala. No kalon, takala. Again, that's Rav Sheshat keeping strong and steadfast his opinion that the ikar, the primary issue over here is takala. It's not about the embarrassment, it's about the takala. What about the fact that we have that pasuk that I referenced that seems to tell you that you just don't sacrifice it, but 
means it's not being killed. What about that Gemara Masechet Timuran Dafkaftet? We thrown that out the window. What's happening in that circumstance? You're talking about an animal which clearly was worshipped, but nonetheless it wasn't killed. Says Rashi, one of two circumstances. Either there was only one witness. One witness, you don't kill the animal, but the animal is still inappropriate for korban. Alternatively, the owner, the person who brought the animal, I don't know, maybe you quizzed him beforehand, maybe he was feeling a little bit of a guilty conscience. He, he explains, he admits, he says, I worship this animal. In that circumstance, you don't bring it as a korban, but you don't put it to death. That's, that's the distinguishing mark over here. And, and you kind of can understand that as a distinguishing mark. On the one hand, we're not putting it to death, we don't have enough stacked up against it in the legal sense to put it to death. On the other hand, you're going to bring this in the mikdash, you're going to bring this as a korban. We're not going to kill based on your own admission. We're not going to kill oh, based on no, you need witnesses. There's no witnesses. Right, no, it's not, it's not that there were witnesses as well. That's, and again, uh, the, the concept of, of, of mitzvah ba'ba avera, of, of the matter was sinful, and you're admitting to it, and, it's, and, and therefore inappropriate, that's a concept that we're familiar with. Pasuk says, hakriveo na lepehatecha, you're going to bring this to your mayor, and he's going to accept it, and it's disgusting. No, but legally it's permitted. It's what the Navi Yeshaya is constantly screaming about. It's what the Gemaran Masechit Sukan Daflamid quotes from Pasuk in Sefer Malachi, is uh, you're going to bring your animals to me, the maimed ones, the piseh, the stolen ones, the gazul, the holeh, the sick ones. And it's like, Kadosh Baruch Hu exclaiming, seriously, is that what you think I want? I mean, no, but it's legally okay. Is it not? No, it's legally not okay. No, but I don't need to kill it. Uh, so what? It's disgusting. It's inappropriate. That's the suggestion here in the Gemara, which means to say, Rav Sheshat, stand strong. He tweaked the law that we knew already until now of that it is not killed. He says it is killed. However, that's specifically when you have witnesses. What's he maintaining? He's maintaining that the operative issue over here is takala. We don't need kalon as well. And therefore, oved kochavim. What's the halakha? The animal would be, would be killed. Says the Gemara Amara Baye. So Abaye, Rashi has two interpretations to exactly what Abaye is doing over here. Abaye is either upholding Rav Sheshat or disagreeing with Rav Sheshat. Either way you slice it, we'll, we'll break it down as follows. Says Abaye, you need to distinguish between levels of kalon. Everybody knows you can get embarrassed, something can be embarrassing, and it could be an eternal, everlasting embarrassment. There's levels, there's grades of embarrassment. I can do so, I can... I can trip on the street and people see me, that's embarrassing. I could trip on the street and I tore my pants and then I'm walking around with torn pants the whole day, that's even more embarrassing. There's different levels and grades of embarrassment suggests Abaye, that's what we need to do over here to distinguish between levels of embarrassment. You always need a certain embarrassment, but the question is, how much embarrassment is there? And as a result, he says, if a person, for example, is mishtahave la behema, so okay, there's, there is a kalon. There is an embarrassment. Perhaps it's not the same embarrassment, but there's an embarrassment. When you're, a, a person sleeps with the animal, so that's an absolute embarrassment. So one of two things. Either he's arguing against Rav Sheshat, and he's saying, listen, Rav Sheshat, there's embarrassment even when the person is mishtahavela avodazara. And the non-Jew, perhaps, therefore, the animal would be killed by Israel, maybe not, something along those lines. Alternatively, alternatively, Rav Sheshat is just distinguishing in our circumstances. Keep in mind that 
that's what we're, we're including several issues. We're dealing with a Yisrael, and we're dealing who was either shochevim abehema or mishdachavela behema. Says Abaye, you have to distinguish between levels of of kalon. Says the Gemara, any levels of kalon that you're trying to distinguish between Abaye is not really going to hold water. You want to know why? Because the circumstance in the Torah where you're destroying avodah zarah has little to no kalon. What's that? The trees, the trees has kalon. Says the Gemara, v'hare ilanot de'en kalonan meruba v'amra Torah yishachet zerof ve'kaleh. You're telling me the animal, if you just worshipped it, la'avodah zarah, either we're talking about the Jew or we're talking about specifically, the, excuse me, either about the non-Jew or specifically, whatever the circumstance is, either we're upholding Rav Sheshat or we're going against him with regards to when the Yisrael worships the animal, is that as well the animal which is killed? Or we're just talking about the goy who is worshipping the animal. When it comes to down to it, there's more embarrassment over the, what, what, what sort of answer are you giving up by it? Because when it comes to it, the Torah says destroy the trees. There's no embarrassment over there. Is there really an embarrassment? And if it is, that's the lowest of all levels of embarrassment. So you're trying, what's that? It's all about the person's embarrassment. Here's my question. Is there more embarrassment with regards to the animal walking through the street and, and, and something either was worshipped or it was slept with versus the tree? You have to argue, even if there's an embarrassment, and we, even, even if there's a, a very little modicum of embarrassment, is the very lowest level of embarrassment. And nonetheless, the Torah says destroy it. So clearly, Abaye, any distinction you're going to draw between animal which was worshipped and animal which was slept with in terms of kalon. And, and as a result, there's a, there's a permanent embarrassment. The Gemara assumes there's very little embarrassment. Listen, hard for me really to weigh in on this. Anyway, it says the Gemara, I don't know what you want me to tell you. says the Gemara, says... <laughs> I've just been stating for two weeks. Says the Gemara, Says the Gemara, there's nonetheless a distinction. It goes as follows. The trees, the trees are not ba'ale hayim. The trees are, are less animate. They're less, they're less alive in terms of our colloquial sense of, of life. They don't have the same type of life as animals. And as a result, it's true that by the trees there's no kalon, or there's very little kalon. Nonetheless, the trees will be eradicated and will have less compassion, quote unquote, on the trees than we will on the animal. The animal, in this circumstance, but it was, you were mishtahavet to the animal, and there is a little something, it's a takala. Nonetheless, we're going to say for Yisrael, for example, hamishtahavet labehemam that we're not killing the animal. But why not? How would you distinguish Abaye between that and the person who sleeps with the animal? It's a question of how much kalon. But wait a second, how are you going to compare that to the tree? The tree is an altogether different story, the Gemara suggests. The tree is not like an animal. An animal, it's true, will kill animals. It's true, as Morris told us a few a week ago or so, the animals in the eyes of the Hachamim, maybe in the eyes of the Torah, are there to service the human beings. But ultimately speaking, it does have life in a way that tree doesn't. As a result, for example, you have something called Sa'ad Ba'alei Hayim. You don't have Sa'ad Ilanot Hayim or something along those lines. As a result, says the Gemara, that's how we're going to build our grade system for Abaye. Trees will be at the very bottom. Why are trees at the very bottom? Because they're inanimate. So as a result, Mishtahaveh, 
kill, destroy, asherah. An animal which was worshipped la'avodazara, so it's not going to be as simple any longer. For a Jew, well, it seems like we're not going to kill it. We're not going to do necessarily. What's that? In the system, it goes, it, no, that's Omeach. In the system, in the, the medieval, in the time of the Rishonim, the way the philosophers spoke about this, Rabbi Yudah Halevi and others, is that there was the following system with regards to envisioning existence. I said something called Domem, there's dirt and there's, and there's, there's rocks and that sort, there's no life to that. And then there's Somech, there's those that sprout, there's grass and there's trees and so forth. Then there's Behemah, or high, it's rather known as. High is, 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 is animals and living organisms. And beyond that, there's middaber, there's the ability to speak, that's human beings, that's on top of that. And above that, says Rabbi Udah Levi, is Israel, of course. And there's a nice musar about each of that, just very briefly. In each one of those stages, if you lost the unique characteristic of that stage, you didn't just fall to the bottom, the one below it. Words, if there's a tree which is no longer blossoming, in other words, it died, it's no longer like, Rocks. Rocks have uh, have some sort of value. The dirt is could could have nu- nutrients and things like that. If it was the grass, which just withered away, it's now it's not really for all, all intents and purposes not nothing. If it's an animal, which we say has a certain life to it, and that ceases to live, it doesn't just fall and now it's like a flower or a tree. It's pretty much it's a it's a it's a carcass now. It's not not really effective in any respect. As a result, as well, human beings. If a human being loses the ability to speak is not just to speak. To speak means to, to, to utilize your consciousness. It's the ability to have a higher level consciousness. Well, in such a circumstance, not as if they have a utility of, as, a, as an animal at that point. They really fall to the very bottom. As a result, the Musa that many says, if you follow the Yehuda Levi, who places Yisrael on top of all, it means the mission, the mandate, the responsibility of Yisrael. If there's a Yisrael member, but he's just not acting as Yisrael, maybe so that he's just a regular Medaber. No, you haven't been following the system. The system throughout is if you're not utilizing your unique characteristic you fell to the very bottom. You're Yisrael who's not utilizing your unique characteristic of being a amnivhar, a segula Hashem, a orla amim, or whatever it is. It's not just that you're like the rest of the nations. You literally fell to the very bottom. Anyway, that all being the case, yes, it's important to mention that, aside from the Musar over here, because that's why trees are looked at as below over here. Trees don't have that life source of animals. Says the Gemara, next answer, Rava Amar, Rava has a different answer to this uh, this issue, this quandary. Amera Torah beheman nehenet me'avera teharek. And it says the difference between animal which was slept with and animal which was worshipped is whether the animal had a hana'ah. In other words, it's so to speak, and I say those words carefully, a punishment to the animal as well. The animal was a part of this sin. So it's true, our Mishnah said it's because of the kalon, it's because of the takala, and we're distinguishing and we're understanding. But ultimately speaking, the animal was in some way involved and perhaps had some hana'ah, had some sort of benefit from this, some sort of pleasure from this. As a result, the animal, which was not worshipped but slept with, that one will be put to death. You asked me a question, what about a mishtahavela? That's not a question. Mishtahavela, there's no hana'ah whatsoever. But there is takala, okay, it needs more than takala, it needs takala together with 
some involvement, some benefit from the other party. As a result, that's how we distinguish. What about trees? And we know the answer to what about trees. Trees is a whole different ballpark. So in other words, this is another answer in distinguishing between, again, what we're, what we're struggling with is and we want to understand why each of these are different because ilanot seems to be more severe than but is less severe than I'm trying to explain that away. Says says Rava. I'll explain to you exactly how this works. It goes like this: Shochev has not only takala, as Shochev has hanaa for the behema as well. That in and of itself is a reason to kill. Mishtahave doesn't have. But wait a second, does Ilanot have a hanaa? No, but it is trees. It's not an animal. Says the Gemara Vahare Ilanot in Nehenim Avera the Amera Torah Hashishahet Serofikale. Answers the Gemara Baale Haimka Amrinan de Hasrahmana Alayu. In such a circumstance, the Torah has a certain compassion for those animals. And as a result, the animal, Hamishtahave la Behema, doesn't have the same severity of destruction as Hamishtahave. That all being the case, says the Gemara, okay, I'm going to take a new proof. It's going to seemingly come out of left field to deal with, excuse me, before the left field. So this is going to be one very locally first. To deal with this issue. Again, what is the primary issue? We began the day with today and we ended the day with yesterday. And the question was, in a circumstance, for example, of a non-Jew who has relations with the animal, do we kill the animal? What's our question? Our question is, do we care about takala, stumbling block, and kalon, and the, the, the eternal shame, or is it alternatively just takala, which is the primary issue that we are nervous about? Well, if it's just about takala, we would put to death the animal in such a circumstance. If it's about the kalon as well, for one of two reasons, we're not nervous about that in the context of a non That's what we've been dealing with. We struggled with it. We had suggestions on it. Does it matter who the owner is of the animal or the tree? No. So if someone randomly, you know, bowed down to my tree... Not so simple. Not so simple in such a circumstance because they can't. You're saying they're It's a full sugya in masechet What we're going to do in such a circumstance, but it's it's it. it it will get messy. So you're right. It will get messy. I can't just mess you up. I can't just walk in and just you know and try try to. What's that? If you kissed it or you wash it, you killed the animal? Absolutely not. It's asubahana'a. Asubahana'a. You can't even sell it to someone to eat the meat. Says the Gemara Tashema, I'll bring a proof from our Mishnah. See, our Mishnah ended with the following words. Davar Acher, Shelotehe Behema Overet Bashuk, Veyomeru, Zohi Sheniskal Peloni Al if you recall, those are the last words in the Mishnah. So listen to the words again. So we are nervous that the animal will be walking by in the marketplace and people will say about it, it's this animal which was stoned based on, which this person was stoned based on it. So really there are two references in one line over here. So if I just mentioned to you this line, I put, put it in front of you, I said, so what do you see in that line? What's the issue? you'd probably, on your own, come up with two reasons. Number one, it's a stumbling block. Number two, there's an embarrassment. You wouldn't only say embarrassment about this. Right? I, I, that's what the Gemara is assuming. Keep in mind, our Mishnah, I'm going to read to you the Mishnah very briefly as to why we kill the animal. It says the Mishnah, 
said the Mishnah, the reason in such a circumstance you put the animal to death is the following. The first statement of the Mishnah was takala, stumbling block. Then the Mishnah said, davar aher, you don't want this animal walking by and people pointing to it. And as a result, we explained that davar aher was really just honing in, just zoning in on the fact that there's embarrassment. If I just quoted you that last line, and I said, the animal's passing by, people are going to look at it and they're going to say, that animal is the one with which the person sinned. You're not necessarily only going to hear kalon, you're going to hear takala as well. You're going to say, that's the animal. Everybody's going to get nervous. I'm going to fall prey to it. That person's going to fall prey to it, which means to say that last line, the Mishnah really has both reasons incorporated in it, both takala and kalon. If that's so, says the Gemara, then what happened right before that? In other words, I had seemingly two reasons here in the Mishnah. I had first takala, and then I have my last line, which is both takala and kalon. So are you dealing with two separate circumstances? The Gemara, absolutely. I'll tell you how it works over here. The last case of takala plus kalon is with the Israel. That's with a non-Jew had relations with the animal. You're putting it to death. When are you going to have just takala? The case immediately before in takala, can you imagine? It's a circumstance of the non-Jew had relations. As the Gemara says, if you read the Mishnah very carefully with a sensitive eye, you'll notice the last line in the Mishnah is referring to both takala and kalon. The line before it then is only talking talking about takala, who's that talking about? Must be talking about the non-Jew. And must be a reference, a veiled reference in our Mishnah, that not only the Jew, but also the non-Jew has relations with the animal. You're putting the animal to death. Says the Gemara. What's that? It's hard, it's hard, because davara hair, you're right, sounds like we're giving a separate reason. But incorporated in that separate reason, the assumption of the Gemara is, is already that last reason. It's not as if you really distinguished it, and that's the diuk. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sensitive, you know, fine line diuk. Says the Gemara, Tashema, come and listen to the words of the Mishnah. Davara hair, quote-unquote, Asks the Gemara, my love, what are we dealing with in this circumstance? from the fact that the last line in the Mishnah is referring to, ostensibly, takala vikalon, both stumbling block and embarrassment, resha, the line immediately beforehand, is only talking about takala belo kalon, talking about stumbling block without the embarrassment. Bechidame, when he can have a circumstance where it's a stumbling block, but there's no shame attached to it. Ovet kochavim Shouldn't we suggest, therefore, that it's the circumstance of the non-Jew who had a relations? That being the case, all right, we have it figured out. We can prove it from our Mishnah. You ask this question to Rav Sheshat, Rav Sheshat is flying around. He's suggesting from here, from there. He got an answer straight in the Mishnah, says the Gemara. No. He's not obligated. That's what we talked about. One of two reasons. Either the non-Jew... It's their way, says Rashi, it's Darkan Bekach, and they don't have embarrassment, or alternatively, it's not our responsibility to worry about it. But ultimately speaking, when we talk about the non-Jews act, we say there's no kalam. That's clear from the Gemara. That's the whole Safik began because of that. Does that being the case, or if I'm dealing with a case where, where, where there's takala without kalon, that is the Oved Avodazara situation. Says Gemara, lo, by the way, it's, it's reminiscent somewhat when Rashi says it's darkan bekach, so maybe change the, don't change the words, change the concept 
slightly. You see, the, the Gemara Masechet Yevamot, we referred to this a week or two ago, talks about Yisrael. Yisrael are Baishanim. One of the first characteristics of Am Yisrael are that they're Baishanim. They get embarrassed easily in some way, shape, or form, which is a positive quality. It's as Haram Bam writes in Hilchot Teshuba, part of Teshuba. We don't talk about shame oftentimes in Judaism, is Boshti to have a healthy, healthy embarrassment that I realize what I did wrong and as a result, I'm therefore embarrassed by it. It has a way in an appropriate, not in a shame culture, to have an effect on you. Well, that being the case, if it's the character trait of Yisrael, so perhaps there's a certain brazenness amongst others that we say is a distinguishing factor. We have that embarrassment. I mean, it's, it's, it's lehavdil. It's not mamash over here because the Gemara suggestion is there's mamash, no kalon, or we don't care about the kalon to that extent. Says the Gemara, lo, I can't make such a diuk. Sefa takala vekalon resha hakamashma'lan dafilu kalon belo takala name mehaye vehidame Yisrael habala behema beshogeg. Says the Gemara, here's how you have to read the Mishnah. The Mishnah has, yes, two segments. Last segment is Yisrael habala behema. That's correct, 100%. There's both takala and there's kalon. But the case before that, we said, is ostensibly only about takala. It's not only about takala, it's only about kalon. But the words in the Mishnah are takala. Says Rashi, it's a takala. It's a stumbling block because of the kalon. In other words, it's a stumbling, embarrassing situation. What's the situation where you can have an embarrassment without looking at that animal and saying it's a stumbling block that the sin was committed bishogeg? If it was committed bishogeg, we don't say this animal is a dangerous animal or there was something terrible attached to this animal. It's going to lead someone or it's going to lead something what? That's right. In other words, since it's bishogeg, the hidush of the Mishnah is nonetheless, we're putting the animal to death. You understand? There's only takala and there's no kalon. That's the hidush then. How do you do a bishogeg? How do you do a bishogeg? The way you do a bishogeg is you don't know, which is the same thing that you claim that you didn't know this is forbidden from the Torah. So then you'd never have a korban, Joey. You'd never have a korban. Korban is when I can thoroughly claim, I can claim that I did not know this was forbidden. I may have known it was wrong, but I didn't know it was forbidden from the Torah. Such a circumstance called shogeg. There was no warning, and as a result, I can I can clearly make this this make this claim. And such a such, such is the reality in such a situation. Therefore, says the Gemara, when we have our davar yes, that's takala vekalon. That's Israel who does it b'mezi in such a circumstance. He gets put to death, and the animal gets put to death as well. What about if he did a bishogeg? That's the case before, and that's takala of kalon in such a circumstance. What's the halacha? Although the guy is bringing a korban, the animal is being put to death. Says the Gemara, the truth is, we have a safek about this. That's what the Gemara says. It's, it's true. Maybe you're making a claim over here. That's really a safek. Really, that's the question of Rav Hamnuna, which we'll return to tomorrow. Rav Hamnuna had the following question. Yisrael habala behema bishogeg. Mahu. What's the halacha in circumstance if it was done accidentally? Takala vekalon ba'inan v'acha kalon and it was the question that Rav Hamnuna had was exactly this. If it's bishogeg in such a circumstance, you have takala, you don't have kalon, do you put the animal to death or not? That's his suffix. Suggest the Gemara. You could be medayek in our Mishnah that you would in that circumstance put to death. Amen.